Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is still Onda. We are back. It's been quite a while, so I think I should probably start out by saying thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for your patience. It has been a long and crazy summer and fall, if I'm to be honest. Without making a bunch of excuses, I will say that the balancing act of uh, creating an exhibition, being a new father, earning enough money to live off of, and running a podcast just all came to a head and uh, something had to give. But that being said, there's been quite a bit of behind-the-scenes work going on here, all in an effort to make the platform sustainable, so things are actually moving forward. Today we have a conversation I've actually been uh, really excited to share with you guys. It's taken a while, uh, but it's with the artist Foss, also known by his government name of Thomas Paulson. I recorded this talk during the summer here when he had a really quite ambitious show up at Gallery Nils Sterk. I was here in Copenhagen, and it, uh, it turned out to be a really fun talk. He's one of the guests who was both really easy and really interesting to speak with, and uh, this is always a great combination when you're talking about a very engaging and expansive work to begin with. It's always a pleasure when the artist feels open to talk about it, and uh, we talked for a long time. It was hard to uh, trim this one down, and uh, I hope it's certainly not the last time, and uh, I hope that you find it as interesting as I did. This episode is brought to you by Artland. It's a platform founded on a vision to connect art collectors, art lovers, galleries, and artists from all over the world into a global art community. They have a great app. They produce a ton of interesting content, and they are in it for all the right reasons. I know them personally. So check it out at artlandapp.com. And a final reminder, remember to check out all the great shows on our platform, Cultural Bandwidth. It may be that I'm not always here, but there's a team of great podcasters making original content about art. It's all home produced, and I know you're going to love it. So check it out at culturalbandwidth.com. And with no further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Foss. Yeah, so that the U.S. has this very poor... Uh, set up for public funding but a very rich yeah. setup of commissions and uh, you know donations of works and this whole yeah. like and that's not very developed here in Denmark no you know and that's what she was kind of trying to work on but it's yeah. so ingrained in the culture here yeah. that the public takes care of that yeah that it's hard it's yeah. an uphill battle and it's been probably a shadow of the cultural work that's been going on it's been part of the policy and the tradition but as public funds diminishes and we see all budgets are being cut. Right, then what? Uh, yeah, of course. Then this shadow part that was once there are just slightly uh, just, you know. Well, I assume the U.S., the American system comes from lack of other option. Yeah. So institutions would court and try to develop these relationships with philanthropists and, yeah. uh, you know, magnates. And, you know, it probably goes all the way back to the oil baron and, you yeah. know, uh, 
train railroad bearing yeah. uh, age. And also know. run on the personal initiative, of course. Yeah. In where, of course, yeah, it derives from a more social um, aspect. And I guess that's also why we've created such a rich welfare state and rich education uh, that everybody in all classes are sort of well aware mm. of their society and other countries around them. Of course, something is happening these days. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, Danes are aware, but in a remote way. Yeah, it's it's always been um, autonomous society in that sense that it's been dealing with all its issues uh, in the within. Also, many of the countries around us have had a tradition of exploring and also colonialism like Holland and the Sweden has had a long exchange of an exodus and but not Denmark that much. Well, we just lost every goddamn war for the past 600 years or something. What, the Americans? No, was... no, the Danes. Oh, the Danes, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so... No, no, that's for sure. <laughs> and yeah. that creates kind of a tribal mentality. Yeah. It's one of the theories about Yentalo and this whole idea about why are Danes so insular. And um, the idea is that we had to stick together. Yeah. In order to make it because... Yeah. And of course, it, it creates like a very consensus-driven society, which on one hand is quite rewarding, and in the other hand, you see the lack now, since there's less and less of funds for the institution that keeps people together. If they keep pumping into the system, it'll work. Yeah, as soon of course. as it goes away, then what do we have? Exactly, because suddenly, when ideology is being, uh, it's more and more difficult concepts. And ideology is a more difficult. It's it's more like ideology has been exchanged for radicalism. So people and people in each end of the scale are more believing in their status rather than what actually are the things that um, what is the structures underneath that develops where we are. Mm. I think this was maybe a bigger part of the 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 people that govern the society and un unfortunately this um ex this um knowledge has also diminished so as we see right now we have the social democrats who just went into the populistic agenda by saying now we would be a one party with all the mandate we're going to do a broad concept, but the people in the society would like a stronger um, rules for foreigners. Mm -hmm. Weirdly enough, it's been. Uh, I'm just going to close this. Yeah, I forgot to say we have to turn it off because it'll beep too. Yeah. Yes, you also have one of those. I have a Nokia, the old one. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, it's a little like you have a radio show and you ask the audience to send in their favorite songs. And then after a week, uh, the, the disc jockey can say, okay, we're stuck because we're playing the same three songs. Right. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening because we asked the audience. And in the same way, they've been asking the audience for 10 years that there's this ghost of foreigners 
it's never ever discussed what is actually the amount, what is actually the cost, what's right. actually the true effect of these things. It's always kept as a shadow game. And now the Social Democrats has been, uh, as the last major party, has been falling into this. Of course, you can also say it's, it's plague or cholera, what you want. But of course, you rather want cholera from the Social Democrats than the plague from the right wings. Well, that and those sort of that sort of rhetoric is very populist and right wing too. That's the whole thing. About it. You know, the, everything's more nuanced. But it's just like when they ask people how what percentage of Denmark is foreign born. Yeah, people are like twenty five percent. You yeah. know, and it's something like two percent yeah. or something. You know, it's it's a it's negligible the, number. It's a non issue. Yeah, it's a non issue. I mean, climate change and many other health issues is probably. But but I guess that. Yeah, how to? Um, it's an inter- I, Of course, what we're discussing now is what everybody's discussing, what all newspapers are discussing. What what? Because it's not a local issue. It's suddenly you see global tendencies are moving into intimate issues, and and that's new. Yeah. Before before you had you you had a hierarchy, then information got from top to bottom. Now I've I mean for many years it's been horizontal. It it gives an unease of what's true and false. It pushes what language is about because no one is keeping up the traditions of what language actually is referring to. Um, that's a heavy one right there. That one can a, really be unpacked. That's a yeah. That's I mean, there's a, a lot in that, you know. Yeah, and you can see that reflected in the art world. Actually, there's a, there's a lot of interest in in, in semiotics and and uh, language, etc. Yeah. You know, and also poetry for that matter has been uh, looked like it's it's getting a rebirth. Hmm, that's right. Actually, it's funny. Hmm. Yeah, actually, you're right. If I just think about like looking at Danish newspaper Politiken or something, you do hear more about poetry, poetry than yeah. you did five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess also then, I mean, we can see uh, this funny issue with this Melania Trump and her I don't care jacket is also dealing with language, and it's and it's it's um, yeah. There's a lot of trolling going on too. You could say. Yeah, there's there's room for it. Well, there's just a lot of sword talk, you know. There's it's yeah. constantly like everything is it, it, it's war. It's constantly you're constantly ready to fight about it instead yeah. of like trying to discuss it. Yeah. And then people do coy maneuvers like that. Yeah. You know, I don't believe that anyone would be dumb enough to think that that jacket didn't um wouldn't raise attention. Yeah, yeah. Regardless yeah. of what you meant. Yeah, but it, uh, we also know that the the, the level of of um, cultural intelligence there is I mean it's completely <laughs> la- lacked of it's unrefined it's, it's very <laughs> so unrefined it's a little like a yeah but um, yeah what's happening I mean uh, I yeah, get, what is happening what the fuck is happening <laughs> I guess I get the tectonic plates are grunching against each other that's for sure yeah and I guess people's uh, intimate fears of small details, everyday things, has a space to amplify itself in. And of course, it leaves a gap in the political agenda, which is very, very complex to um, to, to take care of. Um, and then that leaves a quite open space in the political 
landscape mm. where we have populists uh, who you know sees the moment takes the thing and of course to create something very complex they use populism and reduction they ride the wave they ride the wave and they amplify all the fears in in quite simple maneuvers which they're unfortunately so good at it they're it's very, unbelievable yeah there. but i guess also we tend to react more with with uh, you know these emotions than uh, complex emotions yeah. of doubt and try to decipher what is doubt in the society what is um why am i afraid right now why am i really afraid right now yeah yeah and 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 of course the collective also has a reducive effect because uh it becomes collateral damage <laughs> almost yeah there's like kind of a collective ptsd uh based off of just the current situation like nothing is getting better but the rhetoric keeps going up and everyone's just getting more and more stressed out about yeah it. but maybe it's also i mean uh, from day to night when people are looking at we look at much more images than we actually are touching mm. and the idea is so and and the problem there is also that there is maybe a radicalization in the image because we use the eye and the eye in our sensory mechanism has a distancing effect mm. we can see ourselves seeing we can it creates a distance the eye is a distant maker and the ear is relation to closeness we understand where we are in the space and what how the objects are um, uh, administered around us and the the touch of course uh moves into our memory right. uh, and 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 of course so a, an intimate closeness it tickles when it touches the table mm. and um and i guess also that that uh, now we are in a in a area as i mentioned and, and as you also said that before we had something hierarchical and the information was more trustworthy also in the community now we have images and ideas that can go from global issues to worries in the most intimate uh, detail so it balances us it's it, it not balances the opposite it, it gives us out of balance mm -hmm. and um, we are experiencing this solely with the eye right right so that's, which is that's, that distance making it is that weird performance you're right yeah. i hadn't thought about that yeah It, it it yeah so you can't help but think about the internet then of course and 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 the stimuli that people are getting i mean um, you know the the way you people use the image today is in a little way how people we saw how music were somehow disintegrated becoming just a part of uh, the space like a white noise or which we, we, we treat it in a very different way in music than we did 10 years ago i find mm. where you had the music as an autonomous issue the whole album the cover now i'm being romantic but it was an entity for itself right that we it could visit action. it was an action that we could visit now it's been sliced up and filled into the gaps where it can stage or amplify a situation mm -hmm. right although images I, i assume you're going in that direction images that's now do I'm the going. same thing yeah. exactly that's um... so it's like padding it's the packing peanuts 
of modern life. Yeah, and, and there we also get closer to the, the artistic expression, which uses various images to juxtapose a specific poetic reference. Mm. And this is actually what people are doing when they use their, you know, long finger, scrolling through, using uh, their pieces of, of glass and scrolling through, uh, I don't know what else could be, um, all these social media sites that are packed with it's exactly the same thing. It's a juxtaposition of all human emotions. So it's like this curiosity, cabinet of curiosities that also was the pretext for the museum. The Wunderkammer. The Wunderkammer. And in German, the Kuriositätenkabinetten. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful word. Yeah. And, 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 and that was a frame in where things not seen life and death were expressed um, in that cabinet. And now we have YouTube. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, the, it's, equal, it's, it's, it's even more horrifying. It's, a, it's, it, it's an endless, uh, it's, 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 what's interesting is this, suddenly we've induced, we've, we've introduced infinity. You know, we had infinity and that was God's issue. And we could, you know, uh, it sort of stopped in the church and he would deal with infinity somehow. Of course, uh, certain religions use infinity in a way of focusing oneself maybe. But now we have the concept of infinity in our pockets. And it's very easy to sit and we all do it. Well, certain people does it more than others. But... This idea of moving into this vast space on, on infinite images, right? And you just tap in. You just tap in and it's a lot of uh, skins with ghosts as content. And of course we feel some, sometimes we feel uh, enlightened and there are interesting jumps, but uh, in the, in the, but I guess it's um, the new way, it's a new evolution. I don't know what to say about it. It's, it's <laughs> because, of course, it goes in and does something to our society. And maybe the good thing about it is that now it acts as a nervous network. Like a, we have all the nerves in the body that deals with touch and infections. And now we have the nerves from Washington to North Korea. And they can actually you know, touch the end of their nerves. They can just touch them and small sparks and nights. Mm. But that has nothing to do with nuclear war and armed forces. And has to do with meat bodies. <laughs> yeah, something. Uh, I mean, at least you could say, I mean, it's, it's a lot of sort of rhetoric and intentions mm. that is being, you know, um, as it is right now. Mm. Uh, and it, and it almost seen as a simulacrum that it, it's actually real politics. Because it all oh, exists. As most people would think it is. Yeah, I mean, you could probably, uh, you, you could probably, yeah, uh, have have some people uh, believing in in that too. That mm. it's a pure performance, which it is. And and it's weird how this way of touching each other with this kind of nervous system, with this platform, this platform in itself is a different way. It's also a language, an image language, right? Mm. And. Um, we, we can see, we can maybe say okay I made an exhibition here we're sitting in a gallery 
um, people have their phones. They maybe they have an Instagram profile. The Instagram has a specific language towards images, and that language um, takes over people's way of looking at things. Now, I'm just let me just be. Uh, pessimistic for a second you are welcome because then 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 they are looking in the eye as the phone as a journalist look always at the story or the fireman looks at the fire you know wants the fire to happen mm. and in this show there is a part which is an active show uh, an active part of otherwise a very passive installation and that has been a part of my practice for many, many years, this part of the active. Mm. And now because of this uh, digitalization of the social, suddenly the active part is being uh, treated as a language of Instagram. So the, my point is sort of uh, being um, erased somehow mm. because uh, what I'm ex what I'm trying to explain here for the people without eyes in this interview is that there is a box of sand. It's a hot box of sand, and this is also the idea of uh, experiencing something with other than the face and the senses. Uh, is like trying to give the person a double skin. Mm -hmm. Like a, this is what we do actually do every day. It's a negotiation of objects that is enclosed in materials that we have formulated in our cultural language. Of course, we can skip that and just go uh, into a forest. Then you have it unfold the materials for its own use and their own logic. But we humans, we tend to use them and benefit from their qualities and we uh, make them into chairs and, and, and insulators and whatever. And then they speak inside their function the wooden door speak the aluminium profiles speak and that's how we somehow also negotiate and we negotiate it in a way that how our psychological temperament is being displayed in all these different uh, materials and that's sort of the idea of this double skin Taking it a bit further, you submerge into the door, you submerge into the table, you submerge into the sand, which is here in this exhibition. And um, there, of course, it's a different stimuli than the eye and the ear and the nose. It's the body that is being over uh, stimulated with information. Because when people are submerged in the sand, of course, uh, the, the, the blood streams are being pushed and the blood needs to pump and then suddenly all the nerves are ignited somehow. Mm. It activates your body. In it a way. activates your body, yeah. And, and this is, of course, part of my overall practice and specifically to this show that I'm sure we're going to talk more about. Um, but here you go with the idea that Instagram circumvent that Right, it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's a video at best. Yeah, exactly. It goes in and 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 decide. It slices up, takes a little piece of it that is useful in the um, waterfall of images yeah. that one experience going through them. Yeah. And of course, what it also it 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 um, castrates, of course, the feeling of the image. It 
creates a monochrome of style. Mm. And of course, this uh, delivers an interesting question for the artists that has been doing this all their lives. Yeah, and that's the question I kind of have to bring in more into like the personal is how much that kind of affects, you know, because I can say personally having I'm, I'm just the right generation to have grown up without the Internet, or at least there was one computer in the classroom kind of deal. Yeah. And then watching how it appears that a lot of art actually functions better online than it does in real life. Yeah, of course. That seems to be a really common thing. I'm starting to kind of react to and I, you'll maybe I mean not even it's not even Instagram it's also a PDF you might get from mm -hmm. a gallery yeah. or something like that and you think damn that looks that looks really good yeah but and as then, you say as you say it looks good mm -hmm. and and that's what I talk about this idea of monochrome images that um, as I've seen my friend has a new iPhone and the way it I mean I wouldn't even be able to sit with a bad image and do that in Photoshop It's it's so uh, digitally improved to satisfy my eye. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's lecker, as it's they say. Lecker, lecker. <laughs> it's delicious. It's, it's it just looks delicious, <laughs> but that actually devours devour the um, the poetic. Mm. Uh, it devours the asymmetric uh, sensory thing that can happen experiencing it. Of course, we also right now in our conversation may be confusing two, two uh, subject matters because one is also the feeling we get tapping into this vast digital universe and we sort of feel a specific weight and a confu something confusing. And I'm sure everybody else does that because it's, it's, it's this infinite infinite uh, notion that you feel when you go into it you don't know actually if this content is for you you feel like you are borrowing it or you're sneaking in and and looking at someone else's television it's or voyeuristic it's a, it has a voyeuristic thing to it mm. that's one issue and that's one way that we're now maybe our generation talks about it in this manner because we've seen it you know grow into us in where the next generation, where that's status quo, maybe. But um, that's one part. And the other part, of course, is also leaving it, your inner space, you're looking at it, and then you are actually getting something different. Uh, and, and that's not to forget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why we're still here. Yeah. Because who would like to make PDFs? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think it's, it's the thing that's fascinating to me about all this is coming from the outside. Uh, I don't. I, I have to admit, I'm not super aware of your practice. No, no, recently. but that's good. Yeah, I think that is good, and I'm glad that you say that actually. Uh, but it's fascinating, and it's also almost impossible to figure out the timeline. You know, I try to like, I try to work backwards. If I'm going to talk to you, I think, okay, where does this come from? Where did he develop this? And your your this show is so refined mm. and so finished and so well thought out. Mm. I'm curious where it begins. Like, where mm. if you look back 20 years ago, mm. where 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 does it like? You know, did you start out painting? Did you? Yeah, you know? I actually started out painting. That's how I got into the academy. The that's that's where it started. Here in Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually never moved it that much around. I mean, I've traveled, I do travel a lot, but I haven't had the 
as many of the younger generation takes uh, some years in a more in a different academy. Sure, but they go to Glasgow or or yeah, uh, Germany. Yeah, you know, I mean uh, they, they don't go to Paraguay yet. <laughs> but that's going to be the next generation. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm just really you know I'm very interested. Just the type of person I am, I always want to take things apart. Yeah, and see what's good. in there. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's a very American approach, actually. Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I find it. I mean, because when you go. Not to not answer your question, but if you go into, you want a tutorial on YouTube. I always want to find a British than an American because it's always, hi guys, this is Delana talking. Now we're going to do this. And I'm sitting in front of a computer and then it's such a, it's such a, it, it takes almost a minute and a half before we get to what the content is about. Right. Just because we can't shut up. We cannot shut up. It's a, they know how to rap. I mean, you can say one thing about it is that it, it becomes so tedious that they become so good at it. Mm. So they really know what they are f talking about. Mm. And that's why also that this ingenuity is such a vivid part of the collective mind of, of the America. Mm. And that's also why this this the idea is the infinite. I mean, that's, that's also very fascinating. That's the f wonderful facets of the American culture. A vivid excess. Very vivid asset also because it's not been enclosed in a, in a social welfare that retains this. So, right. I mean, uh, or, or, or blocks it, you yeah. know, in a way there is yeah. no, there's no, this there's here, it blocks it. And over there it needs to work. Otherwise you're going to fucking die. <laughs> so yeah. there is a gun to the head, uh, which of course has a good, anyway, to answer your question, I think I work very much uh, like a rock. What is it called? Rorschach test. Rorschach. Rorschach, Rorschach test. test. Yeah. yeah. I f maybe that could be used as an analogy. So the first drop of paint being squished between two pieces of paper, it becomes an image. Hmm. On the left side of that uh, butterfly or whatever it looks like, you take another piece of paper and squish that in. And now you have a, a mark from the previous page and you fold that page and you continuously do that. It's hmm. a little how I feel that the things are folded and imprints into to the next footstep, so to speak. What's so, the first drop? Uh, I guess the, the, the first drop, of course, is me not stopping drawing when I was a child, I hmm. guess. There's not, there's nothing where it sort of starts. It's a little like where does, does the plant start when you put in the sea? I mean, it's very evolutionary. So every time you put something out there, it's just uh, here we are today, bam, and then it's all, it's all a straight line essentially. Maybe not uh, straight, but yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, it's, it's all straight line. Maybe the fourth uh, year in the academy, I had to say to myself, oh, maybe I'm an actually an artist. So it came to me in the middle of my uh, academic times that that's probably what I was. I hadn't even thought about it. Even though you'd been at art school for a number even of years. that I hadn't stopped. Uh, even though that I was in a in a in a studio after school after um, high school. Mm. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, a very specific way of uh, Danish education. That's uh, yeah. I've explained very grounding the show. into the cultural heritage or. It's actually amazing. The short version of it is, is that it's education for the sake of education. Yeah. There's and no public health. Yeah. Like mentality. Public mentality. Available to everybody. Yeah. The idea is you can better yourself. Yeah. So it's like uh, trying to get long, long social skills and 
Yeah, I guess that's one of the main things through different kinds of education, like mm. song, dance. Anywho, anyhow. Um, yeah, you realized so, that you were an artist. Yeah, I, and maybe this comes down to uh, that certain people have goals that they put in front of themselves. <laughs> and I guess I haven't had much goals, but I didn't say no. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And it's actually very relevant to my life right now because I'm struggling to keep the um, original impetus alive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you get these goals. Like I want to support myself, you well, know, or a, like, I want to make more art. Goal. It is. But, you know, the whole thing comes from I want to make art and then it becomes I want to survive off of making art. Yeah. And those are two very, very different things. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like you start boxing yourself in. Yeah. And you start making decisions. But one definitely needs to forget one part and that's the surviving. Otherwise, the other thing can't exist. And then one has to put oneself into it and then uh, the work themselves have to grow. Yeah. and create the potentiality and not you as a person I guess that's I, I, the other thing is becomes very constructed and it would also be in a maybe um, it's easy to give advice right yeah, of course. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just saying that that you know I would like to survive and I would also like to make art uh, surviving of course creates economy and economy creates practice and uh, organization and goals and of course I'm saying that one can't of course it's impossible to take one part out of it but you take on yourself both tasks uh, by saying okay I know that I am going to would like to survive but then I need to focus on my work and the work itself have to take on that task and they not, don't have to answer to anything yeah and and I guess that and I, and because that you already know that you have to survive, I'm sure that there are certain uh, compass needles in going left or right that are going to choose how you're going to use the medium or the material or the time or yeah. blah 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 blah. But that's uh, that's also it's just embedded in it. But I think the thing about that is that you have to trust in the work you know in that sense that's because, exactly what i'm saying and that's well, where i'm having the work you yeah. do and that's the problem i'm having right yeah. now is because i'm just trying to think like okay i just recently became a father i have a rant of oh yeah. you know all that bullshit yeah and uh and then you have to kind of like retain the goal you had as a 17 year old or at least the respect for the work you know yeah. the work had it didn't have to explain itself in any way shape no or no form. no and that's also because that your life was filled with play now you have you now now reality has kicked in mm. and uh, the self has been reduced and now one has to uh, deal with 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 what was one's interest and have to convert it into reality yeah. to uh, like tough choices as it is to make tough choices being a father mm. so uh, in that way of course it's it's a wonderful and natural transition and of course it's a very difficult one because one does not have to say, well, I'm, to, I'm kicking in an open door when we're discussing this because I'm sure that, I mean, everybody who, uh, you know, well, especially with art because it's not a nine to five thing. It's part of one's character that needs to be taken care of or, yeah. So I understand why it's, um, 
But it seems like you didn't have ever that limit or you had enough respect. You say you realized at a certain point that you had enough. Uh, there was no goals. I believe that was the word yes. you used. It didn't yes. have a goal in and of itself. Yeah. And I think that is a trend, tremendously freeing because I've spent yeah. a lot of time being like, this is what I do. And yeah. then years later realizing why did I put that lid on it? Yeah, there was yeah, no yeah, reason yeah. to contain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more time you have with things in the open, yeah, the more they have their own uh, life. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And also you have more openings for the sur- for your surroundings to um, uh, engage. Exactly. Uh, but I but I guess also has something to do with character because it's not because I'm the most organized character. I mean, I'm a little, there's a y- Yiddish expression which I use a lot, which is called schlumpedige. Schlumpedige. Uh, schlumpedige. One can almost hear how a schlumpedige comes into the world and how he's dressed and how he deals with his attire and his surroundings so um <laughs> <laughs> Yiddish is amazing like that like the word for sweating is schwitzing yes. which has to be the greatest word yes, for yes. sweating I am exactly. schwitzing oy I am, vey, totally. I am schwitzing oh I am schwitzing exactly <laughs> mm. so that's very true uh, so because of course as one is very organized one also gets very far from it because they can with their ter- determination say I would like to have achieved this by then and then I need to go do that deep that deep do deep project that deep, managing deep. something like brr, this brr, brr. yeah yeah but I mean let's talk about the ideas because it is very idea driven and the thing I'm I'll just what say is, it straight up. I'm in awe of your uh, of your ability to build up these concepts because it is so. I, I, I'm almost afraid of your work. If I'm going to be completely honest, it mm. almost inspires fear in me mm. because you have such an, a, a huge level of, of of understanding of your own vision of this work mm. that it goes beyond any sort of. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say common language because it is about common language, but mm. it, it, it's so refined mm. that I, I, I have a hard time understanding it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you say it because um, I would really, I'm lacking response. I've been working, it's the first time I do a solo show for two years mm. and uh, you work very hard to somehow gather yourself again, like riding a bike. And then working a lot, investing a lot of time. You deliver the show and then it's just Tuesday. The gaping void. Gaping void. But this one has been gaping like from here to, I don't know, Österbol, <laughs> which is far from here. <laughs> so I'm very happy that that you like the show. I am I am very glad that you... Um, but that's also, I mean, not to, not to toot my own horn here, but that's what the show is about. Because the discussions about... Uh, this show, the program, mm. uh, the discussions about art after it's hanging on the walls tend to be dead. Great show. Let's go to the bar. Exactly. And it's just kind of like, you motherfucker, I just put up two years of my life yeah. into this. <laughs> you know, I can't, you know, you don't even know how to deal with the, the emptiness. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why uh, I am taking it with open arms. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I should, before we go into the show, just explain for the listener what the show is about because I guess that's the main uh, that's what I want to hear personally also so um, as I explained earlier this Rorschach test uh, the last show maybe one should then have to explain to understand the show was that it was a show in the ICA in London it was called Maggie Margaret Lives 
it was a show where some objects and designs had an interior the space had an interior feeling and in there there was a character called Maggie Margaret an actor and we made a script and the script is her walking around reciting something and if one stays one understands that it's a woman she's in her house she hasn't left the house because of some family tragedy she's she's depressed and uh, when people are depressed they they maybe sleep a lot the bright light ignore ignore in uh, is ignoring annoying 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 um uh, one sensory thing is sort of a little misguided out of scale small things become big things and so on so instead of looking it as a because I mean, basically, uh, depression is also that your experience, the, the 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 accumulated experience you have in your body, is is a way of dealing with the future, and you are in a future where these mechanisms don't help you. Uh, you don't have the tools of 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 life experience to um, exchange a meaning out of it or you got into a shock or somehow your body doesn't know how to answer the question mm. so you fall into a weird void and maybe that void is where you actually can talk to objects so uh, you can actually speak i mean people literally if they continue they start to speak with their you know chairs and plants and whatever So the show was about this idea about that we are in a psychological fragile state and instead of looking at it as a disease it's a place in where this woman actually starts to become the tone hole uh, mm. like the the as in old tape recorders you had this little thing that actually was called a tone hole where the cassette tape was running over it and it uh, talked hmm. Oh, so it was actually the part that read the tape. Exactly. The, I don't know what that's a, called. A tone head. Tone head. That's what Let's it's called. Let's call it a tone head. <laughs> so she became the, the 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 voice of the objects. Okay, that was that. Hmm. Uh, this show, it's awful long uh, sentences. Uh, I unfortunately have a have a have a tradition of of talking a lot uh, when. I, I speak them out by work. It becomes very tedious, I could imagine, for a listener. But um, don't worry about it. That's uh, all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this version is: you are submerged into the surface of the object. I guess that 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 show and this show is still the idea of negotiating with the object. As we talked about earlier in this our discussion here, we are constantly negotiating with the objects. Ned, who sits outside the window, he is holding his iPhone, he's touching the mouse, and he's looking at the screen. So it's three, um, and there's another computer there. So that is really negotiating with objects. So this is what a we're doing high level, actually. on a pretty high level. Yeah. Exactly, it's a very uh, hit based. Um, Thing. So, this is why the sand part comes in. Um, so, to describe the space, you you enter a space and it's been made into a place. Um, 
a place that is not this specific space, but a potential place somewhere. And there are certain elements that indicate that. For instance, the walls has this sort of, it's like a sign, signs. It's actually um, sod. No, not sod. What suit. Is, suit. That like called? charcoal, like from charcoal. burned wood. Exactly. Uh, yeah, suit. Yeah. Uh, which 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 has this sort of a little sign. It reminds me of, of of language maybe that's used. Then there's a big sandbox. There is an a, a, there's no light in the gallery, but what makes the light is a big light panel that is hovering above this sand pit, which is heated. Uh, and then there are these um, like. Um, well, I guess there's going to be images for this. For people yeah, I'm going to so, try I mean, to describe it and put some images up. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Well, so I don't hard. need to talk about that. Uh, so, okay, so there's a, there's that place. The exhibition is called Pelimcest. And the word Pelimcest, it's a um, description of old, uh, like, papyrus, old writing uh, mediums from the Romans to the Egyptians to old scrolls. They had some very valuable mediums that they were writing their texts on. And the palimpsest means actually scrape again. So le like lemon cyst. That's like a squeeze or scrape, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And again, um, Pelim. So it means that they had this way of scraping off the narrative and then they could rewrite something new. Mm. You could also say That's that. That's poetic. Yeah. It's quite, I find it quite beautiful. Yeah. I was, I had a long time where I felt this Pelim cyst. It sounded a little like incest or pissed or <laughs> it didn't but the more i've been using the word the better i like it it's evocative in and of itself just yeah. just though you know just like we're talking about yiddish words sound yes. like the things they are it's evocative and you like that also gestalt is another word that yeah. you use which is similar it, it, exactly. they're alive in yes. that sense you can feel them you can taste yes palimpsest you can really feel this word mm. so you can also use it as 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 a as a city of palimpsest like you know building has been torn down something new has been uh, erected on top of the ruins of something else the ex and then of course the question about does the next building experience the ruin and these questions that we all uh, also put in these mythologies that we ourselves put into souvenirs or to you know reliquiums uh, you know, um, in the old days where the one that had the most were closest to God because all the bones from the saints represented a connection to God. So the churches was battling of how many of those reliquiums they could have. So that's also a strong, uh, that's like a, 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 a capitalistic <laughs> race of right. objects. I have almost. the most bones, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm close to God. <laughs> So um, here, as I say, we have negotiating with an object, of course, is divided in three. You are there, the object is there, and that's divided in two. It's because it's the surface and the material itself, right? So the double skin, you go into the sand, you're submerged in the sand, and suddenly the sand, is a, it, it's a different skin on top of you. You have this 
double skin. And this doubleness is a big part of the show, I feel. Many of the objects is mirrored by themselves. Uh, there are two small identical uh, bronze sculptures. There are some photos of these tubes, glass tubes, um, on aluminium, and one recognizes the shadow as the object. Mm -hmm. And when you get closer to them, you you see that there is the actual. But so it's actually the, the ghost of the object is more clear when we talked about um, politics earlier in the, our little conversation that the ghosts of the immigrants, the ghost of um, all the other things are more vivid to our imagination than the actual thing. Right. Um, so all these things that I'm talking about now uh, is what inspire one object inspires the next object and uh, those are engines to produce aesthetics and those aesthetics they are forged is that the word mm -hmm. um, through this logic so they are outside of any other uh, reasoning of producing objects like microphones, uh, Instagram profiles, and aluminium things, chairs, tables, all these things. And that's what, of course, um, the artistic thing is about, mm. right? To, to forge uh, things not seen or referring to objects that we almost understand, finding the engines of, 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 of breaking the idea of aesthetics. Of course, um, one have feel I, I feel, and maybe this I I'm using the maybe I haven't understood it properly yet, but it it feels like that there is a freight train of images or a, a, a mass that is moving faster and faster somehow, hmm. and of course then I have to go slower and slower. When you say of course, why? Uh, I'm just it's 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 because that it feels that uh, the image and style, uh, as we spoke about earlier, how music, that usually music were very much part of a social agenda, social values, and they fed of each other. The market would use this new language to put a peer of editors inside the mix. And the same thing goes now for the images. Mm. I feel somehow that if 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 uh, I was just my friend had a phone and she says, ah, there's something of your stuff on Instagram, and we looked through it, and yes, there was one piece of mine, but in the sea of those images, it had no meaning. It could be anything. It could be a doorknob, especially your work. Yeah, absolutely. So it it. Uh, so that means that, that this, mo this monochrome of aesthetics, that it takes everything, it's like service to all, service to none. Hmm. And, and um, I, I, maybe it's my generation, have a hard time deciphering and reaching the, the, the quality of, of uh, what the object have to learn. Uh, to to teach me mm. because when I'm saying that we all negotiate with objects it's because the objects are here to teach us something uh, art is here to teach us something and um, uh, the material itself you know now you are a father the first thing that are happening is not language but it's the taste of materials 
right? You know, take things in your mouth, uh, touching, tasting, touching. So that's the first thing, the first negotiation before language. So we are, um, we are creatures of language, but underneath this, it's the object. That comes much later in reality, the language. Yeah. And, but, 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 but the language makes us survive. But that's also a gestalt for the actual experience of the object, right? Mm. And of course, uh, since there's so much focus on the eye, as there is these days, the teachings of the objects becomes less visible, I would say. Um, but now I'm running away from what the show is about. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Like run. It's so, amazing. It's amazing because I mean, let me put it this way: when I interviewed Lawrence Weiner or had him on the show, he hated me because I wanted to talk about why he does what he does, and he wanted to talk about the meaning of the clouds when the sun shines on them in a certain way. Of course, yeah, you know. And I, so I love the fact great, that we great, just great. run, you know, you just take it and run because your work is open ended and not at the same time. Yeah, you know, and the material, the the way that your language expresses itself into materials is what fascinates me. Yeah. I'm very material based myself. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think I think th this level of language that you've built up around it yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing. And of course your ideas have to be all sorts of bananas and out there to to, to have it. But how do you put it down then? Cuz you can tell you can talk obviously a long time about it, but yeah, when you yeah. come down to I need to make a picture on a piece of metal. Yeah. yeah where does yeah. it where is that bridge? Yeah. I mean I had the image of, of the tubes, uh, somehow I saw, so I saw a sculpture of tubes and I felt that this glass tube fitted nicely in depicting the idea of this internal circulation. Can you just feel it? Uh, it just makes sense yeah. that, that. Yeah, of course, a, when you are making a show, it's, a, it's always a resonance between uh, a feeling of what the show should be. You're trying to find some, and you know there is an object that is vital. You, you, you start out with that image, which in this case was the sand. Mm. Uh, and of course, we are, and then I made the book, uh, this Gestalt book you referred to, where I had this guy who is one of the engineers of the chips of what are they called? Intel. Uh, microprocessors. Microprocessors, yeah, which of course is also a silica that is the it basis, is sand, which yeah. is a weird idea that imagine <laughs> the beach, the silica, and which is both the most banal, you know, uh, the concrete and the chip, microchip. In, in that sense, it's a, such a poetic. Um, world that exists and then uh, also I would like something cool cold mm -hmm. in the show so that's where the aluminium comes in comes in mm. and also adds to a more digital or a more electronic reference than sand and concrete and glass and ceramics and wood and fabric and photogravure and wooden frames LED and lights I mean, kimonos kimonos <laughs> and then you have the bench which is concrete wood fabric it's like uh, these basic um, materials and the ba basic materials that I use I try to have them be them raw as we talked about where they're not enclosed 
Um, I like the idea of many small, I mean, early on, I was very interesting idea about structures and systems and systems, of course, is many isolated elements and together they create a system like sociality, like an ant, like whatever in the universe, I guess is, is that. And therefore the first exhibitions I used was like, I, I made a pavilion where I had like a roof of pine leaves. There were these hay, hay stack chairs. The idea if you have all these straw together, they make a mess. The table, the, 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 the stool that's in, or the little table that's in this room here. The base is concrete where you have many small elements of sand and together they create a, a material. So that's why this image here, it's, it's salt, um, which is of course again, many elements and together they merge a material. So maybe um, I think that's a big part of my practice. Is the, the giving space for it to live on its own, almost this stuff, this material. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not, it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't want to be something that it isn't. Hmm. It would like to, like there's an image here that uses fabric, but it's a graphic image. It's a, it's a graphic, it's, it's the, the strings are used to create a specific surface for a piece of graphic. Hmm. Um, here I would like it's part of a design but it's uh, very much concrete or oh, it's an image where it's the salt itself that's the image but it's always in relation to you slash us yeah because there is an undercurrent in the whole thing even this palimpsest that we've forgotten to explain about uh, but there's there's an undercurrent in all the things I do, and I guess that is the relationship with us and the materials, because the materials is also structuring us socially. Mm. And what they mean, what they signal, what they... They are talk. the ones that are framing us in our values, our habits, our traditions, our language. It's the spaces we make outside nature. You have, we use architecture to stop the space. We use design to to make a utilitarian space of speed and slow and, and and functionality. That functionality is merged into how we negotiate that space, and um, and then of course why I'm in very much interested in design and architecture. Now I have been working very much the last three, four years with design. Design has always been part of my work, but design, I've been making these design elements for this uh, French company called Celine. And what was great about that opportunity was that I've always used design to create a space and being a platform of the object. And after that, they had no right anymore because the art world doesn't really look at the design as a as a valid object right, it's a red-headed stepchild it really is <laughs> it really it gets the best place in the storage yeah well they are very designed i think that's what i mean also when i say that they're very finished yeah you know and i you know in the course of, of the last few minutes of you talking, I got about 1,400 questions that came up. So, you know, I'm just going to have to choose one and go with it. There's so many different directions to go in. Yeah. But uh, 
I always kind of go back to the process of making again. And then, yeah. and I'm curious if you do actually do any hands-on uh, building. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, all the, everything I do, I, I sit and do a prototype and develop a prototype mm. like any other designer, industrial designer and artist is touching the, 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 the thing, the mask down there. It's, it's, you know, you, 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 all of these things, it's something you touched and, and that's important for the creation. They wouldn't exist as they are without that. Exactly. And it's a funny dilemma I'm in because this is the tradition I'm brought into and you are inspired of how art moves to the future. Mm. And it, on one hand would like to, to take the hand away because it would like to um, express the digitalized reality we're living in. And then they always have some elements of the touch. Well, I mean, your show took a lot of people to make, right? I mean, yeah. there was, I, I actually happened to be here while they were building it up and there was plumbers. Yeah. There was a team of people, uh, you know, cutting a hole in the wall. Yeah. There was all sorts of stuff happening, which you would not, it would have taken you a year to do it on your own, if not more. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm very happy that uh, there was the, the team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that also creates a certain kind of object. And again, it's that finishedness, I mean. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to staying there with a lump of clay. Yeah. You know, which you do, but then you also put LED lights over it or make a... Yeah, you know. it becomes this aquarium, so it becomes more... And it, it, as for me, it refers to this or more internalized organ or something like that. But what about bad ideas? You know, what does it look like? What does the show that didn't get made look like? Yeah, that's uh, the one that we, through experience, luckily, I mean, that's, we are evolutionary uh, beings. And in nature, they start with one football team and ends with 100 football teams. And us humans, we start with 100 football teams and end with one. So we're really moving. We, we go the opposite direction. Uh, every generation becomes wiser and wiser. So it's just part of evolution, I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, my, my problem would be that I would make things that were too obvious. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's that weird line is like, what is the language I'm using? You know? Yeah. And that comes from practice, I guess. Yeah. It's not actually conceptual. You would argue, or some people would argue, you read a lot of books and yeah. a lot of theory, and then the idea comes out fully formed. Yeah. But just like throwing a pot or building a chair, the more times you do it, the more refined it becomes and the better you become at it. And, and, of course. And using it as a tool. Yes. That's a very human uh, development thing do you do research do you read do you um not enough but research yes of course um what what's the time by the way do you know we go as long as uh, as long as until one of us taps out yeah no, no, no. i can <laughs> like continue, I, I continue i'm just thinking of the poor <laughs> listeners ears <laughs> saying okay that was a lot of stuff yeah, I think. Well, here let me let me make it practical. Then I think this is helpful because I think of me ten years ago and the way I tried to develop a language and a way of working and a, blah, 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 mm. that whole thing. And I needed this kind of discussion to understand that I was limiting myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. And ah, but then this is perfect because I am doing the exact opposite. When when I do the show like this. Uh, it's like an eggshell and then when it breaks one object refers suddenly to a new one and it is like sociality it goes like this in a way yes it moves very very fast and suddenly I'm having I have you know so much more 
uh, that I took out mm-hmm. in the end. Mm-hmm. So much more sort of um, the whole glass department, some vitrines and some, there was many other roads that I would have liked to go in. But then you have reality that has a certain space and you only know that each object has in, inherited a space, right? Yeah. Each object has its inherent scale and space. It needs a certain room of volume to exist. So it helps me. The space, in a way, helps me to choose which, you know, things. And for the love of God, you have to do something at some point. You can't, you know what exactly. I mean? Like you have to cut it down. Yeah. I have that problem. I, I work mostly with photography. I've done projects where I've shot a thousand pictures or a thousand rolls and then been like, how the fuck do I make 20 images out of this? Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. You don't know what you're actually trying to do. Oh. You're just doing it. Yeah. You know, and that's, 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 that's where the practice has to inform the practice. Yeah. You, you need, you need an opposite. Hmm. Uh, you, you, you need a, a moral compass. <laughs> and a, a, an because artistic moral compass. An artistic moral compass that sets uh, out for a specific narrative mm. because that's what morals do right mm. and that that narrative needs to resonate with the quantity of this nihilistic like just you know anything goes mm. almost right it's all meaningless it's all meaningless I'll just do a thousand why not could have been two so I guess the negotiation between these two poles uh, starts a third thing and that's what I want to say that this is exactly the same with sociality you are by yourself another person comes a third thing appears and that's the situation mm. so I guess I had my first thing other things developed and then from the first thing a situation arrived and then how do you negotiate that third thing I think it's so wonderful and and amazing this idea about like from all this noise of nothing nothing to something that now there is a show of objects there is a narrative happening in this gallery and it's quite extraordinary out of of course references which is the material but this negotiate this long struggle of negotiating these references converting them into a certain need and what the space need and what my expectations of the future are. All these three elements merged and made this show. So it's kind of a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a wonderful, (laughs) it's a beautiful, wonderful miracle that, that, that of course, and as we start this conversation about it, as it's this miracle and the light uh, explosion of light that it creates uh, of, of, of just disappears in this ocean of, you know, alleged miracles. <laughs> the gaping howling void. Yes. So, uh, and, and of course I would also like other people to say, okay, this is really, uh, this, this, uh, I, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic existential. Uh, and this is where the quality of art is so, so vital for our society because when things are complex and we use the eye as we talked about to distance ourselves, there's nothing like uh, internalizing yourself for an idea. Because when you do it, you need to understand to make a good idea that you are a body in a space and you need to deep into it. So there you are slowing down 
yourself. Mm. And this is what's needed in an overheated uh, uh, society. So it's it's that's that's it's it's very simple, and uh, it's unfortunate when the knowledge of this existential practice is lost from the from from the public sphere. It has been a public uh, part of the public landscape here in Denmark. Of course, I find it very sad that this knowledge disappears, so people don't know that there is actually a cure somehow. I'm not saying art is a cure, but the existential practice that it holds is a cure for an overheated uh, society. Whatever form that might take. Whatever form that might take, that's for sure. I think we did it. Yeah, I think that's a nice... Uh, <laughs> that's a good way to tie it up. I think it's a nice way of tying tying it up because that is basically the need of, 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 um, of it. Yeah. And the reason why it's important to experience it. Well, you make it sound easy. I think it is easy in the end. Yeah. It's just when there's a lot of winds and you get dust in the eyes, mm. you can't see the landscape. But if you have some goggles on, it suddenly just looks like a landscape, I guess. Well, as they say in Danish, go win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for your time. <laughs> You're very welcome. But it's it's always nice to uh, to, to to have a discussion. I miss shit. it. I miss it too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by David Hyde. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our after party of a website, culturalbandwidth.com. If you do like the show, please just take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help others find us. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back soon.